Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I think I messed up last uh, advertising intro, Kyle. I was remembering. I think I said in the beginning it was brought Birch to you, sheet metal. And then I read Grassroots. You know, I was on such a rant that I like sort of that sort of crossed my mind. I was like, "Wait, did we hear about Birch Sheet Metal?" So, well, to, we love Birch Sheet Metal well, and today, we love Grassroots Pharmacy. Today, I'll say shout out Grassroots Pharmacy for sponsoring last edition of the show, and then we'll tell you more about Birch Sheet Metal in this one. Your rant, I think, also got me. Like, I don't know why my mind clicked Distracted. over to, like, medicine. <laughs> oh, well, and yeah, we use, I mean, that's how we know. That's how we both came to know grassroots yeah, I know. because I use them as our <laughs> pharmacy and I'm there, like, literally every week picking up something for my wife. Uh, yeah, and so. I, I use them for my medicine as well. Uh, so that clicked over, but we'll tell you about Bird Sheet Metal uh, on this edition of the show. And Kyle, at the end, will have a, a brief update on his, yeah. his rant, which is, it's going to, it's going to brighten up your day to a certain extent, I, I hope. I think so. Maybe restore some faith in humanity. We're going to talk Kentucky football. We are recording here on Monday, and SEC Media Days are getting underway. The circus is coming to Hoover, Alabama. Um, we're going to look at UK football, kind of the offensive side of the ball today. And then we're going to talk some basketball recruiting, not Kentucky-specific, but with all the changes that were the calendar. There have been some – this is something you rarely see. It's like – Open fighting between Division One coaches to a certain extent on social media, uh, so that really intrigued me. And one of the guys is is in the SEC, but let's 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 talk football, Kyle. Um, you, I've been referencing the the piece, the state of the program that you published on the Athletic for UK football, and I wanted to kind of focus on the offense today. There has been a, a lot of talk um, about rep- replacing Benny Snell, and I think that we'll just start there because. On one of the shows I produced over the weekend, and there was kind of an interesting question that was posed. Who gets the second most carries for UK football next season after A.J. Rose? I think it's Smoke. Cavassier? Cavassier mm-hmm. Smoke. Um, you know, he only had four carries last year, but he had 45 yards on those and a touchdown. Um, he had, he had Was it him that had the long touchdown in the spring game? Yeah. Um, you know, so he's got some, some breakaway speed. Uh, but I, you know, I, I don't know that it'll be my much. I, I really do think after, I think Rose gets the bulk of the work. Mm-hmm. He's got 524 yards rushing last year, uh, or rushing and receiving 79 touches for 524 yards, 6.6 yards per touch. Like, I think they're going to be in good shape with AJ Rose. And I think he, I think he's the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, I, I mean, I think I think we'll see a decent amount of all these guys, and maybe even Travis Tisdale. Yeah, you know, because I, as I was talking to Stoops for that piece, um, kind of breaking down the roster, I didn't bring him up. He did. Yeah. He said, you know, and then we got this kid, this freshman. He's small, five nine, one one seventy five. Uh, but he said he ran one of the fastest times we've ever had around here. Um, so 
you know, they've got some some options. Rodriguez a little more. It's funny because Co- Smoke is listed 5'9", 225, but he seems like more of the breakaway runner. While Rodriguez, not small, uh, 5'11", 218, mm-hmm. uh, is, is more the, the power runner, uh, like Benny Snell, I think. Uh, but they have options. And I think A.J. Rose, like I said, Smoke, I think is, which what an epic yeah. last name. I mean, just a perfect last name. Um, I think he's their their breakaway home run guy. I think Rodriguez is their uh, smasher, and then I think Rose is kind of a combination of the two. I think he's he's got more breakaway speed than Benny did. I mean, he had a seventy five yard touchdown run against mm-hmm. Louisville, um, but I think he can also you know lower his shoulder and get some tough yards. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say like, oh, they won't miss a beat, but you know, I think at some point during the boom Williams era, you go like, Oh, how are they ever going to have one better than this? And then they had one better than that. Yeah. And you, ideally you're recruiting, you know, stacking those guys up and somebody emerges from the group. I and mean, Benny Snell was part of, I think a group of like well, three, you know, well, three options. And the and, thing about it is AJ Rose and Benny Snell came in the same class and they came and it, Rose was thought to be the guy. Right. And did they come also in with, Mikael Horton. I think no, Horton was, Horton him. was here, but he's a guy you you could not. And people on the you know people on the beat and, and not on the beat anymore. Jen and I mock uh, you because you thought he was going to be John Hale. Everybody, <laughs> I mean, if you looked at Mikael Horton though, that's an SEC running back. Like that is that's like every Alabama running back. You know, big strapping dude, uh, just going to run people over. And and I think he like had that ability in him. I just don't think he was a guy who was able to be focused enough to do. It. I think now like he's like he's a rapper. Tweet, he's a rapper tweeting about smoking weed all day or something. Well, I don't uh, know. Well, he raps about it. Yeah. I listened um, to a song of his and that was which is, you know, whatever. I'm not an anti-marijuana person, but like you you got to like you got to have some focus about you while you're like at in the sport. And I, I don't know that Horton ever had it. But I was, I mean, I was convinced when, in the little little snippets we'd see of him that he was going to be the guy. So point being, that's one position where you cannot, like, recruit enough guys. And yes. you, just, you just keep piling them up, piling them up, piling them up, and hoping that one of those guys pops yeah. for you. Um, I think so, they have tremendous depth there. And to your point about Tisdale, what's interesting is that Stoops brings him up without being asked. Right. And, obviously, UK football has shown that they'll play a freshman – a la Benny Snell. Even when they have a guy they feel good about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so. like Benny Snell, it took two games, and mm-hmm. that was probably the worst. <laughs> that was that was such a wasted two games. I mean, Benny Snell would have smashed every record if he'd played sooner. But, uh, you know, it took a couple games, but they played Benny Snell when they had a healthy Boom Williams mm-hmm. um, and probably kept Boom Williams a lot healthier than he would have because he was not exactly a durable guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think – I think they'll be okay at running back. I think they'll at least get enough production. I think what happens is they take a little step back overall at running back because I don't. I mean, it's hard. You know, it's record setter. Yeah. Um, but they take a step forward in other areas. I think the quarterback will be better, and therefore the passing game will be better. I think surely they'll have more options than they had last year. You know, catching the passes, including I think, I think the running backs more this season. Benny Snell yeah, I was think not. You've got some guys you can throw it to. Yeah, Benny Snell was had obviously a ton of great qualities, but catching the ball out of the backfield was was not one of yeah, them. He he right. did not excel at that. 
Uh, you know, and the the other here's the other reason for optimism about the running back position, and it's something that we never talk about enough about Benny Snell. He had a great offensive line, and I think these guys will have a great offensive line. Uh, and this is you, know, you talk about recruiting and stack, and that's kind of the theme of of the state of the program that I wrote for the Athletic on Kentucky football. It's like four thousand words. It, it, there's a lot in it. Um. And I think the the theme throughout it, and, and Stoops talks about it, is not building for one, for a team, for a year, to have this flash of greatness for a year and that's it, but building a program. And to, you do that by stacking talent on talent on talent on talent, not having a down year in recruiting, you know, continuing to find some diamonds in the rough as well. But the best example of them doing that is on the offensive line mm-hmm. because they lost three starters. Bunchy Stallings, all you know, American, one of the best offensive linemen they've ever had. Big George got drafted. They had got you know multiple year starters. Um, you lose three starters from a really good offensive line, and yet what you have is an offensive line that has three former U.S. Army All Americans, including a five star recruit Landon Young coming back at left tackle, and that does not include your best pro prospect on the entire roster, Logan Stenberg, who's Dude. a preseason All-American. Quick aside, Eddie Grand had a tweet of... He is massive. Is that what you're... <laughs> well, I was going to say two things. One, his hair looks, I mean, lu- luxurious yes, and amazing, and he is unbelievable. Like, in a group of giant football <laughs> yeah. players, he stands out as a yeah. giant. It's funny you say that, because, like, I saw that picture last night. I'll retweet it from the show account right now as we're recording. So if you haven't seen it, you can go check it out at Locked on UK. That was my first thought. It's like, these are all big guys. He is enormous. Two things you'll take away from that picture, and they're on either end of the picture. On the far left side, actually, and then one in the middle. On the far left side, Drake Jackson has a uh, magnificent beard. And he also looks like a fire hydrant. I mean, he's not that tall. But he is does not look like a very movable fellow. Well, and you know what? Uh, it's funny all the other the teammates, and I think this is kind of an off- offensive lineman thing. They call him a unit. Yes, I think he, <laughs> he and Logan Stenberg both are our units. So on the left side of the picture, you have the veteran and also former U.S. Army All American Drake Jackson at center, uh, and on the right side of the picture, you have this. I mean, he, uh, Logan Stenberg is enormous. Like, he is standing a person away from Justin Rigg, who's a big guy, and he makes him look yes, normal. He's he is enormous in that picture. Um, and then, in the, somewhere in the middle of that picture, I remember, I'm not looking at it, but I remember it, is Landon Young, who looks like he's got like a pocket, he's got like a carabiner. His key, you, his you're keys. starting your twangs coming out right now. Yeah, I know. There's landed you. I mean, he looks like he just came off of rustling the cattle. <laughs> He's got his got his keys hanging about halfway down his thigh on a carabiner. <laughs> Landon Young is a country boy, and he does not care. He's not getting dressed up for you. <laughs> like all these guys are like I think I think Stenberg's in a vineyard pink vineyard vines uh Oxford shirt they're all in their polos and then there's Logan in his plaid shirt and jeans sort of slovenly tucked in <laughs> looking like he's just wrangled up all the 
Yep. All the cows. He came straight off the ranch, Daddy I, Grant's house. I, I'm a big I'm a big fan of Landon Young. I think that guy is great. Um, I'll tell you what, let's take a quick break, and then we'll talk about a little bit more about the offense for UK football. Now it's time to talk about Burt Sheet Metal. If you need metal roofing or siding for a residential or agricultural project, go direct to where it's made. That's Burt Sheet Metal. They've got classic rib panels cut to order with a 40-year warranty in 15 colors, plus Galvalum and economy grade. And they have all the trim and accessories to match. You can give them a call at 859-485-1928 or check them out at birchsheetmetal.com. That's B-U-R-C-H sheetmetal.com. They've also got bubble insulation, permafelt, sliding door tracks, and aluminum frame rails. Birch Sheet Metal is located in Walton, Kentucky. Give them a call at 859-485-1928 or check out birchsheetmetal.com. Don't pay lumberyard prices for metal. Go direct to where it's made. That's Birch Sheet Metal. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. So let's kind of um, continue on and just we'll just stick with the, uh, the picture here because there's a lot of guys that also hung out with Eddie Grand. And uh, including in it was uh, one of the couple of the wide receivers, Lynn Bowden, um, obviously is, is going to be the star of the wide receivers for UK. But I guess the question is who's going to be – this will actually probably be a better question than even the running back one. Who has the second most catches for UK next season after Lynn Bowden? Because I guess there's, there's some candidates, but I don't know if there's a – is there a clear favorite in your mind? I don't think so. Um it feels like maybe like the safest bet is to pick Justin Rigg. Well, that's the thing. I you think know, they like, like all the tight ends, but I don't know if one of them would even because I mean Upshaw and Bates both really look the part, but they don't have a ton of experience. Rigg right. has some, but not as. Yeah, he had, a, he had three catches, forty yards, and a touchdown in the spring game. That's something, I guess. Yeah, uh, you know they're losing a guy, a, basically a four-year starter in C.J. Conrad. A guy who never—I mean, he's a thousand-yard receiver in his career, but never really like live, not lived up to, but never was used in the way he was talked about, like mm-hmm. as this, you know, NFL, excuse me, NFL level tight end. I think he was part of that. It was he was just injured a gazillion times, yeah. and then also and he wasn't just, drafted partially because of right the heart yeah, issue and um. You know, and then he had multiple coordinators over his time there, multiple quarterbacks. Yeah, I think those both factored in heavily Um, into why his production wasn't what we thought it was going to be. You know, and they had times, too, where that offensive line early in his career wasn't as good as it was towards the end, and they were basically, he was basically the sixth offensive lineman, you know, And, and even when the line was good, when you're leaning so heavily on the run game, when it's, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna line up and mash people, you're using your tight end as a, you know, as mm-hmm. a blocker a lot. But Rig, I, I mean, he's 6'6", 263, pretty big target. Uh, feels like, you know, as like a safety valve too. Yeah. Uh, maybe he's the guy. Josh Ali and Isaiah Epps are the two that are, like if you're talking about wide receivers, that make the most sense. Combined, they have they have 18 catches. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's just not a lot there. And then, I, like, to me, the sneaky one – is Ahmad Wagner. I don't know about like volume of actual volume of catches, but in terms of like big catches, I could see and even not catches because he's valuable to them. I mean, what he did last year was one of the weirdest, like uncanniest 
things where every time he lined up and ran, ran a route, he drew a pass interference flag. <laughs> I mean, it was incredible. Um, Do you contribute that to him being the former basketball player yeah. and flopping? Well, not flopping. I'm kidding. Yeah, but I, but I think it was like getting post yes. position, yes. you know, boxing out. And he's 6'5", 234 at wide receiver. That's a huge wide receiver. When you talk about SEC looking dudes, former, you know, played college basketball at Iowa, making the transition, a really unusual transition. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with another year to kind of get the football thing down. When you're that athletic and that big and sort of that naturally gifted, and he's obviously got some good hops, like I think he's a great red zone target. I think he's a great possession receiver when you're, you know, third and five and you just need to throw one to the sticks and have a guy, you know, stand there at the sticks and make the catch and, and move the chains. I could see him being a valuable weapon. And if he's really that good, like if it's like a, just an actual gift that he's drawing these flags, Man, when you're in a tough spot, throw it up. Yep. Throw it up because something good is probably going to happen. He's going to catch it or somebody's going to tackle him and you're going to get a fresh set of downs. So Ahmad Wagner is the most interesting of all the guys not named Lynn Bowden to me. Mm -hmm. I think I think you're right. And another name, and this is a young guy as well, another freshman, but what, <laughs> what just stood out to me is we got a chance to talk, and I think I might have mentioned this before, Talked to Vince Merrill on one of the other programs I do, Big Blue Insider, and he talked about Tay-Tay Crooms, and you mentioned great names. Tay-Tay is a fantastic wide receiver name. Like that, you just would envision a wide receiver with that name. Yes. But according to Merrill, he ran a four three eight forty in their testing. Well, they need, I mean, how tall is he? I don't know. I know very little about him. I think he's a little undersized. I can get his. They need somebody like like the thing about Lynn Bowden for the most part. Now he's run under a couple, but for the most part, you're throwing it to him laterally or five yards down the field in a in a tangle. He's and six letting two. Him, letting you know, letting him make the play. You he's know, Lynn six. Bowden's the guy that's like catching it and mm -hmm. making the play. You need somebody that's going to stretch the field, that's going to go blow by people and catch the deep ball. So. Maybe he's a maybe he's a candidate for that. He's six two, but listed at one seventy one on UK Athletics, so he's e. thin. No, he's but got some time. His height, yeah. So maybe it won't be this year, but if you <laughs> six two four three eight, that's those are well, two good other, starting points. The other thing is, you know, maybe he wasn't completely locked and loaded all the time, but uh, in terms of accuracy, although his completion percentage was very good, Terry Wilson was what did he complete? 67%. I mean, we say he wasn't dialed in, but uh, Terry Wilson appears to have a very big arm. Mm -hmm. And so if you get a guy that, even if it's just as a sort of a specialist every now and then to go out there and run as fast and as deep as he can get and let Terry throw it as far as he can throw it, um, that was one of the things. I mean, when you think, when you look back to specific reasons Kentucky was able to break through finally three years ago it was the uncanny ability of steven johnson who was an otherwise pretty flawed quarterback to connect on the home run ball mm -hmm. i mean they had so many key plays that were including the very first play against louisville the famous play where steven johnson says what did he say i love this bleep is that what it was <laughs> yeah and then he uncorks one um, or did he take off running? I no, he threw a deep. That's that right. was a deep touchdown. That's right. Um, 
those things, those plays, you've got to have a few of them. It, you know, you've got to be able to hit a home run once or twice a game. And that was, a, I mean, that was such, ter- Steven Johnson didn't do that much else in that season as a quarterback, but he hit that home run so often. Uh, and Jeff Bidette was often the, you know, recipient of that. And it really hurt him when he left and went to Oklahoma. Um, if they can find that guy and if Terry Wilson can, can make that connection, in addition to having the guy, Lynn Bowden, you just dump it off to and he goes 50 yards, that's enormous for them. Yep. Coming up next, we'll get into some of the basketball recruiting. Uh, but before that, let me tell you guys about Twillery. If you go to twillery.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on, that's L O C K E D O N, you're going to get $25 off your order. Shirts shouldn't wrinkle, itch, or sweat. It's 2019. Twillery makes stocking your closet simple, easy, affordable, and the perfect fit guaranteed. They offer non-iron, untuckable, and performance dress shirts for as low as $55 each when you bundle four or more. With free shipping and returns, try on some Twills risk-free. After all, feeling is believing. Go to Twillery.com slash LockedOn, that's T-W-I-L-L-O-R-Y dot com, and use that promo code LockedOn, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $25 off your order. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Not often do you see two Division I head coaches kind of chirping back and forth on Twitter. It happened, I guess this was on Saturday it was between two guys, pretty under the radar to a certain extent, the coach of Robert Morris and the coach of South Carolina, uh, Frank Martin and, is it Andy Toole or Andy O'Toole? Um, I'll find that in a second. I'll get, I'm pulling up his quote. Uh, but it, it stems from the recruiting calendar, Kyle. And I think we've discussed this a little bit, but, and I don't even know how much you're, it's just Toole, T-O-O-L-E, Andy Toole of Robert Morris. But basically, the recruiting challenge, basketball recruiting calendar shifted. There are less days for coaches to go to grassroots events. That's EYBL, the Adidas, and Under Armour and all those events. And um, those were replaced by regional camps and the NBA, NBA, PA, Top 100 camp, and then USA Basketball. The regional camps are still, no one exactly knows what the heck's going to happen. And the top 100, obviously, in USA Basketball for elite coach. And so what this boiled down to is basically Martin is pro, or at least neutral to the new recruiting calendar, it seems. And Tool, speaking for mid-majors, is anti it. And he said USA Basketball training camp and top 100 camps doesn't help us much. Saying they're not going to be, they're not getting those guys, so they don't like this. What do you, I mean, this back and forth... Well, would one, would you ever call out Frank Martin publicly? <laughs> no. That guy's <laughs> probably already dead. And then Sorry, RIP. <laughs> and then uh two, like what do you make of all this recruiting calendar kind of controversy? Yeah. I I mean, I wait, I don't know if I want to say this <laughs> that I disagree with Frank Martin. <laughs> um I disagree with Frank Martin. I I, I mean, and I agree with the idea that I mean, these things that supposedly, well, but you got, you, we lost this, but we added this. I mean, it's like the one percenters. I mean, it's not quite one percent. It's more like the 10 percenters. But how many programs can even get top 100 recruits? And I mean, even less with USA basketball guys. I mean, it's a small number. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and even for the programs, there are programs that, you know, several programs get a top 100 guy. But, like, what about the rest of your roster? Like, <laughs> you're mostly filling, most teams are filling out their rosters with guys that are not in the top 100. Um, and then, you know, the other piece of it is, I mean, I think it hurts kids. I mean, I think it hurts player like lower level players as much as it hurts lower level schools. Yeah. Um, because there is less exposure. Yeah, you have these regional camps and stuff, but well, when you're all in the same, when every coach in America is in the same building for a major event and you have the high-end guys all the way to the low-end guys, and like Peach Jam, you have Peach Jam, which has a bunch of teams on its own, but you also have the Peach State Invitational or whatever, which I, you know, Ben Roberts and I have gone over every now and then Kentucky has a guy like the, the a, a really good player on a team that didn't qualify for Peach Jam and they're playing in this little high school gym down the road. But that's the kind of gym, you mentioned this before we started recording, like that's the kind of place where, you know, John Morant gets discovered by Murray State. Mm -hmm. And, you know, many guys have been found. Um, I just think it's, I mean, I, I think anybody that, certainly that covers recruiting, that I've seen that like is in, you know, in that environment year after year. And especially the, the really top level guys, I think they all think it's totally asinine, mm -hmm. these changes. Um, and they are, I mean, they just, they are, they're bad changes. They need to, it needs to go back. Uh, it, it'll be interesting. Well, you here's know, the, 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 like the root of the problem in my estimation is the goal was to lessen influence from grassroots, the shoe companies, these circuits that they put together. What they've done is attempt to do that by giving power back to regional sites, high schools, and this. But the way I understand it, and I guess technically we have to wait a couple weeks to figure this out 100%, uh, but this was a quote from Evan Daniels and I think um, Gary Parrish's piece, and I'm going to paraphrase it. Basically, these high school camps, these high school events are scheduled for this time. That's also when those Vegas na national events are scheduled. And... Coaches used to be able to go to those. They're not going to go this year. Players are still going to go there. Right. So you didn't, they're just going to skip the high school events right. and go to these other events. And so you're not, you, you've not accomplished what you were after to accomplish. Right. And like the top level coaches are just having to go to an event where none of the players are, or they just that skip are there. Them. That, yeah. You know, it's just, I, so then you don't have coaches finding the other guy. You know, I'm here to watch this guy and I found the other yep. guy. They're just like, not going to go to this. Yep, stupid. exactly. I, I just, I, you know, I get, I get wanting to change some things, but I, this feels like change for change's sake, and and it feels like people, Condoleezza Rice, who and the the Rice Commission, it feels like people who don't understand the 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 guts of the sport and the fundamentals of how recruiting works. Um making decisions that don't serve the body. I mean, yeah. you know, and it, which is unfortunate that Frank Martin came out acting like this. Oh, this is all great because I think that's, that hurts the, the argument. And I don't, I don't, I would guess he's not in the majority on, oh, this is all wonderful. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe all the major college coaches don't, and don't I'll, mind it because it doesn't affect them as much. Uh, that could be it. And but, that's, that, but there's a lot more, 
well, other that, coaches. And that's a, you know, and, and you know, it's almost a, if you want to go, how big picture do you want to go? It's yeah, almost societal. Off. Yeah. And like, well, no, I meant like societal, that should the people who have the no, most influence right. from a power and money standpoint impact these or should the well, right, vast majority yeah. of people? But <laughs> it is, I mean, it is the way the world works, you know, like the top 1% have what, like 47% of the world's wealth. Yeah, I know you do. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, I, and then it gets to the point of like Calipari's made this point and others like, do you, at some point do you just go, we're going to break off, you know? Yeah, like, that's, that's fine. I mean, it's fine to say you're different than just have different rules. Like, yeah, that make would... your own body. I think we, surely we've got to be like at least tiptoeing up to that point, right? Yeah, I would. The world, though, everything about the way the world is operating in sports feels like these power conference teams, these traditional teams, with all the money and influence and TV contracts, ought to just be their own thing yeah. and have their own rules, govern themselves, and let the small schools have their own thing. All right, let's wrap this edition of the show, Kyle, by uh, you sharing the update from your opening kind of rant on the last edition of the podcast. Yeah, uh, totally. And it's I, I should have. It's unfortunate I didn't actually check my uh work email until late last night after we'd already recorded the podcast and I was probably un uh, still excessively like angry at the the tr man who said hurtful things to my wife on Twitter um but I got an email a really long and very sincere and introspective kind of I looked in the mirror and didn't like what I saw type of email from the guy who sent the tweet uh and you know, said he felt terrible and you know, owed an apology, and said he went to church and asked for forgiveness. I, I don't want to share too much, but um, I was like genuinely shocked and kind of moved by that because, like, it's not easy to when you step in it like that and do something really nasty. It's not easy to like just say like, man. Like, there's no excuse for that. That was just terrible, and I'm sorry. And, I, you know, he said I, that's not who he wanted to be. That's not who he wants to be. And he wants to try to be a better person uh, than that. And I wrote him back a pretty long reply, and basically, you know, he, he's forgiven on my end. And uh, my wife was really moved and impressed by it as well. Um, and the other thing I would say, you know, he, he started by saying, you know, I'm on it. To be honest, I am not a fan of yours, but it, it doesn't matter why. But I allowed that to get the best of me. Um, what I said to him, and I don't say to anybody that's listening, I can be snarky and abrasive and snippy, and I'm probably arrogant if we're self uh, analyzing here at times on social media. And I think the the medium allows for like just the first thing that comes in your head, you snap it off. And so I'm sure that I've annoyed this dude. I mean, clearly I've done something to make him angry enough to like say a horrible thing to my wife. Um, and so I said to him, like if whatever it was that I did or about my personality online or wherever else, if we've met in person that made you hate me enough to do that, I am sorry for that as well because I don't want to be that person. So it was kind of, you know, for something that was awful at first, it was a 
sort of refreshing to the soul because a lot of one, a lot of people, many, many, many people reached out to her and me and were very kind and aftermath of that. But then the actual person uh, giving an actual heartfelt apology and us having a conversation about it uh, gives me a little more hope about the world that sometimes if you're in the Twitter vacuum, you can think there's not a lot of hope in the world, but there is. People are more good than they are bad. That's a good way to end this edition of the show. Thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks for Birch Sheet Metal for sponsoring. Be sure to be following along with all our work. I am at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H on Twitter. Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. We're on Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnUK. You can read Kyle's work on The Athletic. You can hear me on 630 WLAP. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Hello, hello. Check, check. Check, check, check. Coolio, let's go.